Welcome to another episode of the Dose of Leadership podcast, the show that brings you inspiring and educational interviews with today's most relevant and motivating leaders. Each episode is dedicated to highlight real-life leadership and influence experts who dedicate their lives to the pursuit of the truth, common sense, and courageous leadership. And now, here's your host, Richard Ryerson. Hey, welcome to Dose of Leadership. So happy you're tuning into the show. Great guest today, Victoria LeBaum is on the show. She's the author of the forthcoming book, Risk Forward. She's helped people unlock their hidden genius and perform at their highest levels in work, on stage, on camera, and in life. She's got an unconventional approach that offers a surprising blend of art and business. She's a member of the Speaker Hall of Fame. Victoria's known for her keynote performances and workshops all around the world. Her proprietary systems and strategies have been embraced by hundreds of thousands of people, entrepreneurs, artists, consultants, healers, advisors, professors, scientists, executives, more than 700 organizations, including top team members at Starbucks, Microsoft, Intel, Verizon, Coca-Cola, Cisco, Oracle, Chase Lowe's, L'Oreal, PayPal. She's been a trusted consultant in the C-suite for executives, leading entrepreneurs, artists, New York Times bestselling authors. She's coached hundreds of elite individuals for high-stakes presentations, including keynotes, live streams, specials, Oprah's Super Soul sessions. Her films and performances and theater projects have received critical acclaim from The Hollywood Reporter, The New York Times, Variety, CBS, Los Angeles Times, Good Morning America. She's the founder of Risk Forward and Rock the Room, a full suite of products designed to help individuals and organizations uncover their original ideas and express them with an unexpected twist that distinguishes their work. It was really fun talking to her, particularly about her brand new book, which I really, really enjoyed. Visually, probably one of the most enjoyable books I've read in a long time, if not ever. It's a fun book. It had me smiling from ear to ear and opening up my eyes to a whole different view on on how I plan and how I go forward. I mean, look, the bottom line is some people in life know exactly what they want to achieve, but this book, Risk Forward, is a book for the rest of us. Victoria has an answer to that question on what we want to achieve that's both reassuring and I thought was radically freeing. And, And using those skills that we talked about in her bio, she leverages her background in arts and this unique kind of risk forward methodology. It's a series of principles that have led to some really some stunning results. In the pages of the book, you'll discover how you can make your next move when you're not sure where you're going. And remember, the key to success is not in how quickly we can lock into fixed plans. Rather, it's the opposite. It's how can we approach our business as an art? How can we navigate uncertainty and still achieve remarkable results? And I love that. And you'll see how risking forward into this unknown can bring you results exceeds your imagination, far more than what you could imagine. It's a great book, Risk Board and Victoria is such a fun conversation. It was really great. The show is brought to you by my sponsor, Equity Bank, a team that definitely knows what it takes to start and grow a business. It's been exciting to watch Equity Bank grow into one of the fastest growing banks in the Midwest. They're listed on the NASDAQ exchange. They got locations all across Kansas, as well as Oklahoma, Missouri, and Arkansas. Clearly, this team at Equity Bank knows how to lead for growth, so if it feels like your current bank is more of a follower than a leader and you want to work with a bank that really understands your needs, go check them out. Go to equitybank.com to learn more. Man, I'm so thankful that you're listening to this show, so thankful if you've taken the time to subscribe, rate, and review this show. Please, if you got the time, and it's not intuitive, but if you can go to Apple Podcasts and on your iPhone and go to the search function in uh, the podcast app, type in Dose of Leadership, and when you see my icon, click on it, scroll to the bottom. And there's a link down there that says write a review. And I'd appreciate it if you'd give me a five-star review. Hopefully it's five stars. And, and write a review and tell me what you think about this show. Go to doseofleadership.com to learn more about my services 
Also, I've opened up my doors to my Dose of Leadership Com University, which I've been operating for a year now, an impactful place where you can surround yourself with other like-minded leaders. If you need to find a comforting place, a place that you feel you can uh, unload and unleash and solve all your leadership challenges, all your life's problems, go check out my mastermind at Dose of Leadership University. You can learn more by going to doseofleadership.com slash university. All right, let's get on with this conversation with Victoria Levon here on Dose of Leadership. Victoria LaBomb on Dose of Leadership. Welcome to the show. Thank you so much for having me. Yeah, I'm excited about this because the book was great to me. I love the book because it's so I'm a visual learner and it's like I didn't know what to expect. And when I open it up and it's like, wow, this is so fun to read. I really enjoy the book. Great job. Hey, thanks so much. Yeah, I wanted to make a book that I would be the person to say, this is fun. You know, most books are just a wall of words and this every page is different. Yeah. What I like about you too is is um I see the artist in you. And I never used to think I was artistic. I find I had a you kind of remind me I had a, a great mentor that um she since passed away and she was so great because I I'm about ten years ago I reached out to help with my speaking, right? I'm looking for a mentor. And she was a um lived there in Manhattan where you are. She was a, a, a trained actress. Been in a few things, and what's the what's the method? What's the guy's name? It's escaping me now. Stanislavski. Yeah, or Strasberg. What's the other oh, one? Oh, Stra- Lee Strasberg. Yeah, Lee Strasberg. She he she worked with Lee Strasberg. But anyway, I was like, and she brought out the kind of the creative, the artistic, the actor in me that I didn't know existed. And she kind of, you know, when I was always like, we got to have goals, we got to do this. And she's like, no, like trust your intuition, your instincts, and be alive. And so when I read your book, I was thinking about her. So I just wanted to. To, to point that out, it, it brought that back. And I attribute oh. so much of m- me doing this podcast, uh, the past, like the, the, seeing things differently, I attribute to her. And your book reminded me of that. So I just wanted to, to put that out there. So mm, nice, wonderful. So let's talk about that because you, you highlight in, in the book. And even when I looked at your intro video, it's like, hey, we kind of got it all wrong. We're, we're like, you know, we're kind of ingrained to set goals and to, and I, I get it. It makes, it makes me feel overwhelmed because I've never really been that way. You know, you've kind of highlighted to me that it's more about listening to my gut, my intuition, that it's already in there. I just need to kind of go with, you know, go with my current, right? So yeah, yeah. what yeah. prompted, what, what, I'm saying a lot of stuff here, but is this resonating with you, what I'm saying? Well, yeah. And you know, the, the truth of the matter is I, I, I think goals are fantastic. I think clarity is superb. What really this book that I wrote called Risk Forward is all about is that there are times when our goals aren't yet clear or we ourselves are not yet clear. The clarity is elusive. And what Risk Forward says is that's okay. Uh, There's a, a real bias in our society that unless you're clear and have a plan and a goal, you're subpar, you're falling behind. And goals are so rewarded you know, plans are so rewarded that I think people who, whether they're a student coming out of college or someone who's just lost a spouse or someone facing a career change or someone who's just facing a blank page, they feel bereft. And what I'm saying is, no, actually, when you're in that not knowing phase, uh, it's a good thing. There's possibility in that phase. Like, don't panic. Well, how do we how do we quiet ourselves to do that? I mean, I love what you're saying, and I agree with you. But there's so sometimes there's so much of a fog in there, and I don't know what to do. I mean, a lot of times when people come to me and they look for guidance, leadership guidance, they're like, "I just don't know what the next step is." What would you say yeah. to that person? 
Yeah. Yeah. Well, um, exactly the, the word you used fog. So that's, as you know, an early chapter in the book, which is called the fog. And the first thing I tell people is to embrace the fog. Now, the opening line of the book is some people in life know exactly what they want to achieve. This is a book for the rest of us. And <laughs> yeah. what what I tell people, and it's always a relief, is I say, look, I've worked with some of the top companies around the world, C-suites at mm -hmm. places like Starbucks, Microsoft, PayPal, leaders, entrepreneurs with big businesses, people on PBS or TED or Oprah stage. And I, I can tell you, having worked with top people, they didn't always have clarity or a plan. Yeah. And so the first thing I say is like, embrace the fog. Like yeah. that first wisp of an idea that you want to follow, even if you don't know where it's going to go, or you don't have a complete plan laid out, follow it. See where that goes. And for anyone with a kid, encourage them to do that. I agree. And something to the fact kind of reminds me what you said in the book too, is that, you know, kind of embrace the idea that leads, you know, this is the idea that may lead to the idea, right? right? I, yeah. I love that. Yeah, that's a strategy yeah. I, I've used when I work with groups, uh, when I'm working with my own team. Oftentimes people are afraid to speak up because they don't want their idea to be judged or they don't speak up because their idea is only half-baked or they're not sure if it's practical. And what I always teach, and this is a game changer of a phrase, is I say what you can just say to the people with you is, all right, I have an idea. It might not be right, but... It could be the idea that leads to the idea. And that just diffuses potential judgment and it gives them the impetus to start looking for how your idea might inspire yeah. one of their own. I love that. You know, speaking of, you, you listen to some of how you've, you're on this, the stage, you've done something well noted as a great keynote speaker, but you don't have that typical path, you know, your career from an artist to speaker to this yeah. consultant co right. coach. How did, how did you wind up in this space? Yeah. Well, my life has been a risk forward. You know, it was just going through the <laughs> fog. And, and that's partly why I wrote the book is so many people said, you know, how'd you get to be where you are? But I also wanted to alleviate the suffering of so many who, who, who weren't sure of their path. And so for me, I was an actor, a comedian, a, a writer, performer, and I was in a comedy club. Someone saw me there and they said, oh, you should come and be a speaker. Um, which at the time I thought might be cheesy. I said, oh, motivational speaking, that's kind of corny. I want to be famous. But, you know, uh, I watched 9-11 from my bedroom window in lower Manhattan. Mm -hmm. And, you know, the question that day that all of us asked, and we ask whenever we're in crisis, even now with the pandemic, is, you know, what's next and how can I help? How can I use what I have to help others? And when this opportunity came to contribute to a conference, I thought, okay, if I can help, if I can help the speakers be more engaging and storytelling skills increase and, and help them with their physicality and their comedy and, you know, really tr truly had to hold and captivate a room or on camera, had to hold and captivate people on camera, then I want to help. And that led to working with speakers and then executives and then teams and then workshops for companies and then coaching CEOs. And here we are. Yeah. I love, I love stories like that because, and I try to tell this to my kids, is like, hey, you know, if you feel this nudging, I always call them nudgings to go through that door, go through it because you never know what's going right. to it lead to. And I, and I look back on even my experiences and even doing this podcast, it was more of a nudging. And yeah. And I started it eight years ago. It was more of like, well, it's the the idea was to get more speaking gigs. That was as deep as I thought. Mm. It's turned into something so much different mm. than that. 
and it's built a network and created connections that had just really enriched my life. It's, it's an accountability tool for me. I, like I said, I've made friends, connections, opportunities that just wouldn't have been possible that weren't even visible yeah. when I had that nudging. And just f so that you know, I had the idea on December 17th, 2012. I launched the show exactly four weeks later, wow. not having any idea about podcasting this and that. And I only tell that not to say, oh, look how great I am. I only say it because I followed those nudging. I, yeah. I, I followed what you were talking about in the book, and that's why right. it resonated with me so deeply. Yeah, I love that story. What I also love about it is that it brought things other than you anticipated. And that's often yes. the case. Like these wisps, these ideas that come to us, we think it may be for what's apparent and on the surface. But the fact of the matter is, it's often for something much different than we expect. So you're yeah. called in one direction, like, you know, I went to study mime with the French mime, <laughs> right. Marcel Marceau, and people uh, yeah. judge that on the surface. You know, they said, oh, do you want to be a mime? I said, no, it just felt like the right next move. But who would have thought that years later I would be using analogies from mime to talk about leadership skills? Yeah, it, it's crazy. It, it's I love that. I love the visual in the book about the crimson star and like oh. the one person up there at the top and then all the people that with all the, oh, you can't do that. That's yeah, crazy. Or right. like, oh, maybe that's a good idea, you know? <laughs> <laughs> yeah. And then they could tell a little bit about the crimson star. Sure. Well, um, this is a, definitely a visual book, as we said at the start of this yeah. interview. And so there's a sequence of pages, which I, I won't say too much about only because I don't want to blow the surprise. Yeah. It's, a, it's a fun. It's great. It goes from a full page of text to this very fun looking, almost looks yeah. like a game. And mm -hmm. so it's a character who is drawn towards the Crimson Star. And the Crimson Star, in my view, and the term I use in the book, it really represents that thing that we're talking about just now that pulls us forward, mm -hmm. even if we don't know why. And as you discover in right. the pages, there's another reason for it, which is revealed. And and people often try to protect us or hold us back, or they, you know, think it's not the way we did it. So stick with us. And you see that all over in society. You see that with the way people design yeah. their websites. You know, everyone in the same industry does it the same. You see it with the way people uh, decorate their homes. You see it with people in marriage. Like, oh, well, when are you going to get married and have babies? Because that's what we did. And you, I had that growing up. You know, I was not getting married in my 20s or in my 30s. And people were like, when are you going to get married, Victoria? What about babies? And it wasn't so much about me. I think it was about them because they wanted – me to join their ranks. Right. They're, they want to get, come in our tribe. You know, that's it's, exactly the water's, the water's warm here. Come on in. Yeah. Right. Right. <laughs> I was like, I like it where I am. Hey, what was the, what was the response you said? It's like, I've already, when people were asking, I've already had my, uh, well, my, yeah, my, the, I, 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 the, the line when people would say, you know, when are you going to get married or how come you're not married? I would say, I skipped my first divorce. <laughs> I skipped my first divorce. So, for anyone listening, you know, when someone gives you a hard time, if you're not married, I skipped my first divorce. You can quote it right out of Victoria LeBaum's Risk Forward book. Or yeah. uh, if you have kids that you're putting pressure on or friends or relatives, mm -hmm. like be aware that they're on their own path. And who's to say that our opinion of what their path is, is right. Most of the time, it's not. Yeah. Yeah, you're right. Well, I love that part of the book. And it was, I, I, I was physically smiling. I was like, I was going through, I was flipping through and looking at the graphics and going, oh, this is so fun. I mean, oh. it was... Because it resonated with me because I just it reminded me of all the, what the people have, have said to me as I've had crazy ideas, right? And, right. and yeah. felt these nudgings or these callings or drawn towards something. Right. Yeah. Boy, we get a lot of pressure though. I mean, even and as a leadership guy and um, coming from the Marine Corps and being a, a professional aviator, uh, I, I really was um, appreciated your 
concept on decision making and yeah. decisiveness. And I've I've kind of been a proponent of, and still am, of, and I think it's in line with what you're trying to say here. But I'm a big proponent of decision making that's based on partial information. In other words, I see people get they're they're wrapped around decision making. Maybe it's rapid. I don't know. I'm curious what you see, what you think about this. But the decision making piece is like, I like if fill in if you get 75 percent of the kind of the, the information, or whatever, and then 25 percent use your intuition, your calling, uh, the nudging to either pull the trigger or not pull the trigger. My point is, is I'm I'm not a big fan of an of analytical decision making. I'm I'm a big fan of the intuitive decision making, which leads to either pulling the trigger or not. Does that make sense? I was yeah. kind of. Yeah, it well, jumbled we, there. No, it was good. I think what happens ultimately when we get to a place in our professions and our expertise, we have enough information. We know what kind of information we need. Um, but even when we're not there, I think part of what Risk Board is all about, and it really bucks the trends. It was yeah. really counterculture. It, really it questions goal setting, it questions clarity. And in the case that we're discussing, there's a whole chapter on decision making. And um, for many years myself, I struggled with indecision. And I, you know, I, I, even as a kid, I remember calling my home telephone line from a store and asked the store person if I could borrow the phone because I was in such a state of angst. I could not decide between the blue corduroys and the beige corduroys. And I, I mean, it was like a meltdown. And um, I can remember calling home and like, which should I get? And I was sort of taught that indecision was a bad thing growing up. You know, like it, it, I was, I was made fun of. Oh, she's so indecisive. And I learned as I went into business, there was that sub message of indecision being a negative trait. Like you always hear in all the business leadership books, you know, great leaders make decisions quickly. And, you know, right. and, and, and that I think is problematic because what I learned, and again, having worked with top executives around the world and people mm -hmm. in all kinds of leadership positions in Hollywood um, and thought leadership, what I've discovered is that they actually don't make decisions quickly. Um, and that's the myth I want to debunk. They're very careful. They weigh things out. And based on their knowledge, they may weigh them out in a short amount of time or long, but it's not that they do snap decisions. No good leader does. No. A, a good leader makes an informed decision, a smart decision. And so what I wanted to reveal in Risk Forward is that, uh, as I say in the book, decisiveness is overrated. Because what's happened is people go, oh, decision, decision, I got to make a decision quickly. And then they make a bad decision. Yeah. So it's really about when you make the decision, how you make the decision. Every smart leader I've talked to says, oh no, what you see on the surface is decisiveness. But what's going on beneath the surface is I've spent my time researching, exploring, talking to my advisors, thinking about it, going back and forth. And then I come forward with the decision. So people just see that. Yes. And then they make a judgment. So. Yeah, that, that is the part that gave me a lot of clarity that added to what I, what I was trying, what, what I feel about the sizes. I've been guilty in the past of thinking, I'm a big fan of timely decision making, which some people equate to rapid decision making. Right. And I'm with you. You're right. I think what great leaders do, decisive leaders do, is they they weigh everything. But at some point, I I, I do think there's a whenever the trigger is pulled, and I think there's that's the myth that I like to bust is that I think people think they they have all these great analytical pros and cons of this or that. At some point, there has to be a marination and introspection, and when the trigger is pulled. It's it's more intuitive than than a lot of people give credit yeah, to. Yeah, I think you're absolutely right. You know, I was um, looking at them right here now as we're doing this interview, and this 
penthouse creative loft, which just before the pandemic, I was going to sell for various reasons. I was going to sell in this building, buy in another, because this is separate from my home and I wanted to get a place closer to my apartment. In any event, um, I met with the top agent of a big uh, firm here in New York City, one of the biggest real estate firms. And she came and she looked at it and then she went back and we had a meeting not long after to discuss what the asking price would be. And she said a number, which surprised me. And I said, what made you say that? She goes, experience and gut. Yeah. And I, it's exactly what you're talking about, Richard. It was that sense of a lot of experience, a lot of information, years in the business, and then gut. Yeah, I think that inner voice and that intuition that is just so powerful, and we don't give it enough credit. And that's what I love about your book. It kind of, for me anyway, it kind of taps, it reminds me of the power of the universe, the calling, the intuition, all that kind of stuff. I think yeah. that is critical right. for leading a significant life. I really do totally. think that you have to tap into it. Yeah, exactly. Exactly. And you know, there's there's something else I found from people who read the book. So if anyone listening to this feels like I would like I would like some of that, it's like they have a sense of ease. Like, oh yeah. gosh. It's that sense of I'm doing okay. I don't have to panic so much. I don't have to have that pressure of the other pressures that go for your goals, dream big, go for it. If you don't go, you know, if you're not going big, then go home. And there's that sense of uh huge <laughs> pressure. To always yeah, right. be, and I don't think we do our best work under that. I that's, think you're right. That's the problem, is all these people are saying these bromides, like, go for it and dream big. They're messing people's heads up. Yeah. I think, and I've been in this field, I've been in the motivational field for 20 years. I'm in the Speaker Hall of Fame. I live in this world, and I see what so much of it does to people. Yeah. It, uh, you and know you're right. And, and as one friend of mine said, and I just love this phrase, he said, there are a lot of people who profit off of insecurity. And I love that yeah. phrase. And I think it's true. Right. And risk forward is the opposite of that. Yes. No, you're absolutely right. You know, when you said that about the feeling of ease, I didn't think about it. But that's what happened when I read the book. It's like, oh, yeah. You know, I had a smile on my face. I did. I had a, a physical smile on my face. And a sense of like, yeah, I'm doing all right, you know, because I always, I do have this constant gnawing, maybe it's a hunger, to always do something. And sometimes I don't know if that hunger and that gnawing is driven by some of these myths that we're kind of inundated with. But when I get that ease and that calm and that, and when I, and I get that quiet space and I listen to that voice, I still have that gnawing and that hunger, but it, it's, it feels a little different. It feels a little more doesn't feel stressful. It feels joyfully challenging. If that yes, makes sense. that's exactly right. That's exactly right, Richard. And I, it's as I say in the book, um, it comes from within. It's like yeah. that pulling you forward. What I call the inner current that you refer mm -hmm. to. That that knowing, like you're referring to, is from within. It's your own sense. And the problem is in our world, so often it's coming from without. And we think it's good because on the surface it's good. And people reward you for that. Like when people have these huge goals, which are great as long as they're coming from within. But so often people are setting these goals to kind of impress the people around them. And that yeah, is an exhausting for sure. proposition. For sure. Yeah. And, and yeah, it gave me so many things that it resonates with me about that. <laughs> one, you know. one of my favorite comments from uh, someone who read it, um, I should put this up on our webpage. She said, <laughs> I want to give this to my daughter to read, and she's only one and a half. One and a 
And it was that feeling. Yeah. And I, and a lot of parents have said, I got to get this for my kids or my spouse or my, you know, colleagues. And I think, I think the children piece is we want to protect our young from that kind of misguided advice. Yeah. You know, that kind of screws them up and makes them feel worse about themselves. Hey, we're about halfway through the conversation, but I wanted to take the time to talk about my good friends, the sponsor here of the special series at Equity Bank. Have you ever noticed that most business bankers seem to really understand just one thing? It's banking, right? And not a lot about business. It makes sense since most banks were built generations ago and now they're often run by caretakers, not business builders. Well, it's not the case here at Equity Bank. The bankers at Equity Bank didn't inherit a bank generations ago. They built one of their own. They know that building something takes expertise, vision, and hard work. And over the past decade, they've built one of the region's fastest-growing banks by working side-by-side with customers, with entrepreneurs, with leaders in communities all throughout Kansas, Missouri, Arkansas, and Oklahoma. Recently, Equity Bank was listed on the NASDAQ exchange, which gives them even greater capabilities to take on those big deals that growing businesses need to keep on growing. So if you're tired of talking to bankers who've never really ran or owned or built a business, then I think you're going to be pleasantly surprised when you talk to my friends at Equity Bank. Thanks for listening to this show. Let's get back to the conversation, this unique and special series on leadership and entrepreneurship brought to you by my friends at Equity Bank. Yeah, I, th- I thought about giving it to my oldest, all my daughters, but particularly my oldest, who's 23, 24. I see a lot of her in this book, you know, that, that it could help her. And I guess that is a question. I mean, what as you wrote, wrote it, maybe you didn't think about when you're writing it, but certainly after with the wisdom looking back, what, what, how can we use this book to help our families, our friends, our colleagues? Yeah, and I love that what, question. What would you say to that? Well, you know... <laughs> As I said, anyone who reads it usually thinks of three or four people that they want to give it to because it's that kind mm-hmm. of book. It's written very yeah, carefully sure. to speak to different ages in different ways. So uh, if you have someone in your life, for anyone listening, who is in between, whether it's on a project and they're trying to figure out their way forward on a novel or a painting or some creative film that they're making, on, making if, they're, if they're trying to find their way through life, they're between careers, between relationships, uh, between a health crisis – uh, between sort of a financial situation, they're not sure. It's that fog of not knowing. Um, if you're leading a team and you're trying to do something new, um, this is the book for you. And it's when you've had a shift externally or internally in your world and you're now on unstable ground, you're just not sure where you're going and there's a lot of pressure to know and to figure it out. This is the book to help you find your way. Yeah, it, it is like a rudder. It really is a stabilizing force. When, as I, as I, Kind of thinking of my experience after reading it, it it reminds me of a, of a rudder, of a stabilizing force, like guiding and at ease. I like that. I didn't even think about that, so you brought it up. But the at ease is what I kind of felt after experiencing it, and it is an experience. I it, I think that's I don't know if that was intentional when you wrote the book, but it is more of an experience than it is a typical book, unlike anything I've ever seen. So. Thank you. It was definitely no. That was completely you. You got it, Richard. It was definitely part of my plan. Um, as someone who is visual, as someone who's made films, as someone who's been on stage and taken an audience through a journey, I thought, how mm-hmm. can I take the reader through a journey like I would in a film or like I would on stage so that it is an experience emotionally 
And there are places where people laugh. There are places where people are moved. There are places where people are thinking. There are places where people like chuckle. Um, and so I, I, those are carefully, carefully designed. And it's highly colorful. Uh, so yeah. every chapter is a different color. So it's this visual feast. And then there's these little trademarked uh, designs that I made that sort of comment throughout, like, uh, and people find them very whimsical. So that's that that was all part of the design, and I designed it also to be the kind of book that you could, as you know, you can dip in and out of. So you can you can start anywhere you yeah. want in the book. I was going to say it that forward yeah. to back, back to forward. You can dip in for ten minutes and come back out. Uh, yeah, yeah. I was going to say that 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 it's something that you can have on your shelf, and then you can pull it back and go straight to this chapter or color, right? I love how he, like no numbers, it's just the colored squares. It just it was just physically visually appealing. Yeah. Um it's just yeah, I can see that. It's just like it's almost like an arrow in your quiver that you can pull out and say, oh, I want to use this and go back to and you know you can start anywhere. You're absolutely yeah. right. Yeah. You can go yeah. anywhere in the book. I like that. I like that. Yeah. It's it's definitely a guide and I love your word rudder. It's it's meant to be that. Um mm-hmm. uh and, yeah. and as I say in the book, you know, this is not a formula. Because early on in the book, I say, you, the reader, you're the formula. So it helps you find your own formula because everyone's is different. And that one size fits all, and this is the way to do it, I think is is counterproductive. So this is like, this gives you the tools to find the rudder. Yeah, I think that it seems like, and maybe it's just my, you know, as I enter my, as I'm in my 50s now, and but it feels like that is the path that the culture needs to go, right? Like like this idea of what you and I kind of probably were bombasted with in the 80s and everything, and about the, you know, everything that we kind of, but doesn't it seem like that's where the world kind of needs to go? Like what what's in this book? I don't know, maybe that's, a, I'm thinking a little too frou-frou and big about no, that, but it just no. seems like there need, there seems like something as if like people are hungry for something different. And it's yeah. like, I don't want my kids to go the traditional path. I'm like, I want them to, you know, I'm kind of tired of the, the traditional, this is the path towards success. It's just, yeah. a, to me, it's a bunch of crap, you know? I, I, I couldn't agree with you more. And I think as a society, I think as a global culture, we're getting there more. I mean, I when I was working with leaders 20 years ago, I didn't hear the words that I started to hear about eight years ago, which were words like, Oh, I like her energy. I mean, I can't even imagine a CEO using the word energy. And now it's, energy. it's right. They'd be like, oh, she's got great energy. I mean, you would never hear that in the corporate market right. for sure. Right. And you do hear words like intuition or gut, but it's still, um, it's still hidden. Like I remember I was speaking to uh, an executive vice president, a very big insurance company and his top team. They'd asked me to come in as a guest, do a presentation for the top team of sales guys. It was, it was a high, high, high level. And I felt like it was in the war room. It was all these men in a basement in a big building in New York City. And, <laughs> right. and at one point I referred to a keynote that I used to do, uh, which this is long, long, long ago, but used to, I used to talk about look, listen, and love. Look how we look at ourselves, how we look at our community, yeah. our clients, our business, how we listen to ourselves, our community, our clients, and how we bring love into our work. And he pulled me into the other room. The fact he's like, he's like, come here. He pulls me into the other room and he whispers, he goes, I talk about love too. And he had to like whisper about it because he didn't want any of the other guys to, you know, he goes, I I talk about that too. Like it was like a big secret. But I feel also just as a a world too, where we never, ever, ever in our history been as facile now. We've got social media and we've got everyone can mm-hmm. create from their phone. And, you know, we have, it's not like the old days where you had a job for 30 years. I mean, some people will, but most people won't. And so there's never been a better time to carve your own path. 
I agree with you hundred percent. It's funny you brought up the word love. I, I, I talk about that a lot in my keynotes and everything and, and still how it gets people squishy, you know, they automatically go to the arrow side of love. I'm not talking about that. I'm talking about the agape style of, you know, right. where I, I'm sacrificing so that you may prosper type of love. And, and yeah, yeah, it's funny how people still get squishy, but authenticity, transparency, vulnerability, those are things I, I love talking about. And you're right. 20 years ago, you wouldn't never talk about transparency no. and vulnerability no. ever, no. ever. No. <laughs> I love it. What do you, what do you most, yeah, I'm curious, you know, because you've, you've been in this business for quite some time or this, this space for quite some time. What, what do people mostly ask you? What's the most, you know, the most popular common question that you get asked and, um, and did it cause and did it, and did it cause you to write this book? I'm wondering. A hundred percent. Yeah. The question I would always get asked and still get asked is how'd you get to where you are? How'd you create yeah. the career that you have? How'd you get the marriage you have? How do you have the body you have? I got, I used to be 30 pounds heavier. I'm now in shape, you know, and it wasn't, it wasn't a formula. And it was just really finally listening to myself. Listening um, to yourself. Yeah. And, and, and trusting that path. And that's what I want for other people, you know? Uh, so I get asked that question a lot. Um, I get asked a lot what, uh, yeah, cause I have a second branch to my business. This book risk forward is one branch and then the second branch is rock the room. So a lot of times people are asking about the connection between the two of them to which I say risk forward is the basis for how to rock the room. Because if you want to be, as we were just yeah. discussing, you know, to really be connecting with an audience live or through the lens in a webinar or a live stream, you, you have to put yourself forward in a, in a way that's true to your voice. And that's the risk forward because we can sound canned. We can say what we think the mm -hmm. audience wants to hear. But if we're really going to go forward in every great orator and leader that we most admire, whether it's Martin Luther King, you know, or Gandhi mm -hmm. are the people whose hearts are forward and they're out there and risking forward, by the way, is a term that it says, as in the book, it says, you know, it's about being heart open. Yeah, uh, even if we're a little off balance. Right. And and it takes that because there's no sure path. So it's like, how do we at least stand up for what we believe is right and say it and, yeah. and, and put it out yeah. there? Yeah. It's trusting that inner voice and trusting what that's telling you and having the courage to just let it forth. You're absolutely right. You gave a great example in the book when you were uh, you had a, an opportunity uh, for a character on Sex in the City, yeah. and they really and they they kind of surprised you at the audition. They're like, "Well, what about this?" Um, and she was a kind of a a sultry, sexy waitress, and you kind of had to think about it on the spot. And you, and they go, "Man, I love that." And they come back, and then you had a lot of time in between, and and then you kind of got inundated with stereotypical what a sexy, sultry waitress would be. And then you get on site and. Yeah, you're and kinda, I screwed it you're up. Kind of blown. You screwed it up. <laughs> yeah. yeah. By the way, speaking of screwed up stories, yeah, I, I have maybe five or six stories in the book of my own, and all of them are when I screwed up. So you know, <laughs> right. it's like yeah, okay, here's great. where I got this wrong, and here's where I embarrassed yeah. myself about that. Um, and I, I tell those stories because I think it's where people learn. So for anyone who's listening, like this is not the look at me, I'm so great. This is like look at me. Oh yeah, I right. screwed this up. Here's <laughs> right. how you could not screw. It up. You know, it is very right. funny. There's some funny ones. For sure. Yeah. I thought, I thought it was great, but it was just a great example of where, God, if I just would have listened to my, yeah, you know, myself, what, right. Yourself. Yeah. Yeah. And that, that goes back to the inside out. Like, cause you know, the impulse uh -huh. that I had in the audition on the spot came from within. I didn't have time to think. And it was when I got yeah. in my head and started second guessing everything. We've all had that yeah. experience where we're like, we have the first impulse and then we're like, well, maybe get, I'll get some input from everyone else and I'll check it out and I'll research it. And it kind of screws us up. 
So this is the, the mandate to like, trust that first impulse. It was there for a reason. Yeah. Well, I think you did a fantastic job with, with this book. Again, it is, it's more of an experience. The visually, it's just so fun. I don't, I don't think anybody should get the electronic version. I really do think they should get the hard copy. I really do. I think if, if this, if, I know ebooks are great. I'm a big fan of them. But I think if, if they're going to get a book, I would probably get the hard copy because that's, that's the, the best experience in my opinion. What, what do you think to that? I, I concur 100%. I mean, it is, it's, it's beautifully produced. It's the kind of book you want to keep for yeah. years by your bed. It's the kind of book that you want to keep on your shelf and come back to when you're needing a rudder. Um, it's, there's something about the way, the, the paper quality, the physical nature of it. You can make mm -hmm. notes in it. It's just, it's, it's written to be a beautiful piece of art. And so I'm very proud of it. And everyone who holds it goes, God, this feels so good. It feels good. Yeah. <laughs> It's a great, yeah, it's, I just love it. I just can't think, think enough yeah, about it. I mean, so I get, that's a great thing about this job. I get to, or it's not even the job, what my, I'm doing here is I get to yeah. experience and read and all this stuff. And this one was just a true joy for me. It really was. Yeah, I noticed uh, when I was doing the homework about you and the site, I was looking at the uh, riskforward.com uh, site and it looks like you got some bonuses there on, on the, for the pre-orders. Oh, yeah. Can you talk about those? I sure can. Well, you know, we are honoring the people who buy the book early because sometimes people think, oh, I'll wait until it comes out. So we said, no, no, no. We're going to give you bonuses that go away after the book comes out. So if you're getting this or you're listening to this before March 16, 2021, go to riskforward.com forward slash book. And we have, I, I teach when I work with top people, I have this whole system for how to organize your ideas, whether you're planning your day or a project or a presentation. Uh, and I give that away free. I usually sell it for $97. You get the whole ebook on how to use these and an audio. Oh, cool. I have an audio that's also how to rock the room. It's a quick start. So it's a little taste. Again, something I usually sell. We have a listening skills workshop, a three-part video on visual, verbal, and visceral listening. And that's great for helping your kids, your colleagues, your team, your clients to yeah. risk forward. So all of these are free when you get the book for 16 bucks early. Yeah. No, I, th I thought it was great. I was just looking. I was like, wow, there's a lot of stuff here. When I, like yeah, I was doing the homework stuff. on you. It's good stuff. Yeah, it's good stuff. I'm going to check it out. You know, I think this is one of those books I'm going to buy. I think I'm going to buy three or four of them and, and hand them out. I really do think it's one of those type of books. You know. Thank you. Yeah. No, I think the people who you give them to will thank you. Yeah, that's great. Well, as we wrap up here, is there anything that we haven't talked about that you really wanted to get across? I mean, there's so much we could dive into, but I don't yeah. want to, I want to make sure people, you know, experience, experience this right. book because I, I do think it's just one of the, the great ones out there. It's one of the best ones I've read uh -huh. in a long time. And uh, I, I think it's just a, a great experience. But is there anything that we didn't hit upon that you definitely want to get across as um, we wrap up? Well, I, I, I guess I would just go back to the subtitle of the book, Embrace the Unknown and Unlock Your Hidden Genius. And why I say that is I truly, truly believe in each person is hidden genius. And what gets in our way is our own head or the thoughts of others. Yeah. So this book, having been the youngest of four growing up, when everyone else told me their thoughts of what they thought I should do, this book is about you honoring your own insights and ideas and embracing the unknown. Like you don't even have to know where they're going, but embrace that unknown and unlock your hidden genius. So as I say in the book, at the edge of not knowing, when you're in that period of not knowing, is the beginning of the extraordinary. Yeah, I love it. I think it's anybody that's 
in a spot that they, they feel like they want to create something, they want to branch out, they want to take that first step. I think this is a book that can be the catalyst that can get people going. I really do think it, it's it's perfect for that. If you're if you're looking to to tap into something that might be a little afraid of, this is the book that's going to ignite the courage the the courage rocket. I think that's how I see it. Yeah. I love that the courage yeah. rocket. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> so <laughs> fun, you. Victoria. So oh. glad to meet you. So so glad to have you in the Dose of Leadership Tribe. I, I hope that we can stay in touch, and, and I look forward to having you coming back at some point. Oh, gosh. Well, you are such a sweet interviewer. You're wonderful. You're warm. You're intelligent and supportive and curious, and I couldn't ask for a better interview. Well, those are great words. Thank you for that. I appreciate that. What, how can people connect with you and, and learn more about you and the book? Yeah, I honestly think if you Google Risk Forward or go to riskforward.com, you'll find your way because my name is hard to remember and hard to spell, but Risk Forward <laughs> you'll find me. So hashtag yeah. risk forward, risk forward.com. You'll find your way home. Awesome. I'll have links to all that in the post notes. Uh, check it out, folks. Get the book risk forward. Thanks for coming on the show, Victoria. So fun to have you on. Thank you, Richard. Hey, thanks so much for tuning into the show. I hope you got some value out of this episode. If you did, please do me a huge favor. Tell somebody about this show. Tell your spouse, tell your kids, tell your coworkers. Let them know about the value that Dose of Leadership brings to your world. Go to doseofleadership.com. You can learn more about my services. If you're looking for somebody to speak, teach, or coach about leadership, I'm your guy. I'm known for my ability to transform individuals and organizations, teaching them the concepts of creating a culture of decentralized leadership. I do think that is the secret sauce to facing all the challenges that we face today. Thanks so much for tuning into the show. I look forward to the next time we're together. And until the meantime, make it a great one.